Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast, a show where a group of friends get together and talk about a variety of geeky topics. Find out what shows we've been watching, find out what movies we've seen, find out what games we're playing. Come along and join us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Out of the Basement Podcast. My name is always Devin Turak. I don't have a beer with me. Uh, but because it's 11 a.m. and we're recording very early uh, today, I'm joined by my regular, my regular cadre of good friends, Patrick Gleason. Hello, hello. <laughs> Paul Sanders. Hello. Patrick Ramsahoy. Hello. And Dwayne McKinnon. Hello. All right. Uh, it's been almost exactly a month since the last time we recorded, so let's start with segment one: our weeks, months in the hobby. Um, let's switch it up. Uh, Dwayne, why don't you go first today? Sure, sure. Um, so it's, uh, as it has been for a little while now, I haven't been as active as usual, uh, partly because of the pandemic, partly just because of me and stuff. Um, however, been up to, been up to a few things. Um, one of the things that I've really enjoyed just got started agents of shield is back uh final season and it looks promising it looks promising um i've been a big fan of the show all the way along i'm sorry to see it end uh i'm grateful however that they finished the season and had it in the can months ago because it means that uh, we'll get the full season and not a truncated one because of pandemic-related shutdowns. So, first episode aired last week, and it was a lot of fun. And I am really looking forward to seeing where it goes from here, because uh, it looks kind of like they're really putting everything they got into it for the final season. So, uh, speaking of Agents of Shield, um, I haven't seen any of it since the season where they went to the future and the Kree were there. Um, mm-hmm. Have I, I, I don't think I finished that season. Is there one more after that, and then this is the new season, or is this the next one after that? There's one more after that, and then this season. Okay. Oh. So, yeah. Actually. Was there one more, or was there two more? Um, no, there was only the one because after the Kree. Oh uh, yeah, got... yeah. Sorry, yep. There is, there is only, there is only the one, and stuff. Uh, part of my difficulty is that Shield has done a few uh, seasons where there's multiple arcs. The arcs may be related, but. There's more than one of them, so it gets easy to get mixed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I have to say, um, the season where they are uh, with the Cree and everything like that ends really, really well. So well. Um, just some fantastic stuff including some of the best uh, superhuman action that they've done over the entire show oh. 
yeah so been doing that uh been reading a lot i, I mean there's so much tv that i could watch i mean yeah, you want a whole I, bunch of different things <laughs> I, yeah. I'm 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 an I'm an Amazon Prime. Um, Jen and I talked it over, and we've got Amazon Prime for a year now, because mostly for the shipping and stuff. But mm-hmm. it means like I could get around to watching Good Omens, and I want to get around to watching Good Omens, but I haven't gotten around to watching Good Omens. Um, it's a really good show. I recommend. I was I was disappointed. Uh, one of when Jen said we should get Amazon Prime. One of the things I was looking forward to because uh, I had a month free of Amazon Prime uh, a while back because uh, they were off. They were offering it for free, and we used the shipping to get in a portable bed that we used for an in-laws visit. And I thought, oh, I'll watch Good Omens. Instead, I got sucked into Grimm. <laughs> yeah, I was also watching Grimm on that. On Amazon Prime, and I thought, "Hey, I'll I'll watch some more Grimm," only to find out that Amazon dropped Grimm. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. If you go if you go into the Prime Video app and search for Grimm, you'll find it. So that was annoying, but yeah. So I mean, we've got that. We've got uh, Rogers keeps giving us Crave for free, so we keep getting Crave. Um, We've had a Netflix subscription for ages. Uh, we decided to hook up with Disney Plus because there was some stuff that Madeline wanted to see and that Jen wanted to see. So there's all kinds of things I could watch. I just don't want to watch anything. Uh, except for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now. So uh, so that's, that's kind of fun. Uh, I've also... I'm not quite caught up, but I've been watching Roswell, New Mexico, and I've been enjoying that. Yeah, I think we so, talked about that last time. Uh, the reboot or the, the continuation, I guess, of the. Uh, it is. It is absolutely. It is absolutely a reboot, but um, they've they've decided to do some, you know, nods and winks at the old show. My favorites so far have they have been in casting. Um, Jason Bear, who played Max on the original, has been brought in on the new one. Uh, he plays a soldier involved in the original crash. Okay. And he's been in about, I think, three episodes so far. And it's kind of nice, nice to see him, because I always thought he did a decent job. But after the original show, his career really didn't go much of anywhere and stuff. Uh, from what I understand, he's ended up having to work outside the industry a lot over the last, uh, you know, 15 years or so. The other, the other way they've done is uh, Sherry Appleby, who played Liz in the original. Uh, she's kind of into directing. So she's directed a few episodes of this new show, including one of the ones that Bear guest starred in. So, uh, you know, they had some fun uh, sending out out stuff to the original fandom uh, because they were both on set at the same time. (laughs) So, um, 
so yeah uh been reading a lot um also been really enjoying for whatever reason uh the major publishers seem to be doing a lot of sales these days which is important because in canada for ebooks it's the publishers who set the price it's not the retailers hmm. but for example wizards of the coast uh put uh dragons of autumn twilight on sale for like two bucks i don't know if any of you guys ever read the dragonlance chronicles oh yeah uh, come on of course just yeah. checking <laughs> you know you might have skipped them oh, so I pick... up some of the stuff after those the, the, the min... yeah. that's where i get my idea for the minotaur I, mean, I mean i have a lot of those in uh paperback the dragonlance chronicles because i stole them from my brother um but uh you know i picked it up but i read i read through it in like uh, i don't know two days and stuff uh and it's, it's still a lot of fun and that uh the highlight is probably tasselhoff per foot and that really in that series the kender come on well <laughs> he stands out more um the characters can be a little bland i find in that series, you know, there's a few that stand out. Raceland stands out. Tass stands out. Um, Tannis stands out simply because they tend to spend more time with Tannis than they do with almost anyone else. Yeah, he he I kind of I view him as the the central character. He's kind of this this character every the story kind of revolves around. Yeah, my so, favorite Sturm. Sturm Sturm shines a lot more in the second book. Sure. Um, but yeah, so enjoyed that. Uh, one thing I've really been enjoying just because, you know, as listeners know, and as I'm sure my other hosts are kind of tired of, I have really switched over in a big way to eBooks and that I don't really bother much with my paper book collection anymore. And so it's kind of nice when I get the opportunity to switch stuff over to ebook cheaply. So um, I've mentioned the Dresden files before, I'm sure. And after a six year absence, uh, Jim Butcher is coming out with not one, but two Dresden files novels this year. Uh, Peace Talks is scheduled for July. That's book 16 and book 17. I can't remember the title of it, but it's due out, uh, I think, November. So those books are published by Penguin under their rock imprint. And lately, every few weeks or so, they put a Dresden Files book on sale. They started with book one. Uh, just the other day, they put book six on sale. So... I've picked up six novels for like, uh, I think it's been like three bucks each. Yeah. And considering that uh, you can barely get a specialty coffee in this town for three bucks, I've considered, <laughs> I consider that a pretty good price for a buck. Uh, interesting story. Jen and I actually just started watching Dresden Files the show on Amazon Prime. Oh, that was such a fun show. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it, it. I wish it had lasted much longer. Oh, I know. It, it definitely would have made a great like long-term series. 
Paul Blackthorne was great. Uh, I was really happy to see him pop up on Arrow. Yeah, yeah, he makes a uh, good. Uh, I, he makes a good police captain. Yeah, because I, I I really thought he deserved to get more work, um, and that, and yeah, no, it it was fun, and of course it was shot in Vancouver, so there's an awful lot of familiar faces. Uh, so yeah, so been picking up. And picking up those. Um, continuing on with Marvel Unlimited, naturally. Uh, I just uh, picked out my library books for July 2012. So I am making some progress and stuff. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that uh, I'll be done July and August of 2012 before we hit... Uh, before we hit July this year. So keep, look back. Yeah. So right now the big thing is A versus X. Avengers versus X-Men. It's all around the Phoenix and at this point the Phoenix Five have sh shown up <laughs> and stuff. And you know, basically this is the opening of ends up being around a seven year period or so where Cyclops is a terrorist asshole so <laughs> um, you know we'll, we'll see how that goes uh, it's definitely not a shining light in the you know long long history of the X-Men franchise but I've been hearing really good things about the current uh, you know, Age of X era that started uh, late last year, essentially. A lot of it's hitting Marvel Unlimited now. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it. I'm, I'm in no hurry and stuff. Uh, I just, you know... I'll take a moment to complain yet again that the DC Universe service isn't available in Canada. I hate that. But, you know, it is, it is what it is. Gaming-wise, um, really haven't been doing much of anything at all uh, video gaming except for playing Super Mario World on Nintendo Switch. <laughs> uh, so, I lose everyone? So, no, sorry. Uh, Jen just needed to talk to me for a sec. So, um, anyways, uh, Madeline wanted to play online with her friends, naturally enough. Uh, online gaming and video chats and everything are basically how we're keeping my daughter sane, since, she, since it's the only way she can meet up with her friends and play. So we got we got a Nintendo Switch, uh, thankfully, before the shortages, because it's apparently very hard to get a Nintendo Switch these days. Um, and with Nintendo, to play online, you have to subscribe to their service, which is really very annoying. But it is what it is, and thankfully it's relatively inexpensive. So we did that. 
But along with the service, you get free access to an emulator for both the old Nintendo Entertainment System and the Super NES and a ton of games. So I've been fooling around with Super Mario Brothers lately, just for the heck of it. Uh, the Switch isn't a bad little system, by the way. Uh, it's a what? It's not a bad. It's it's a it's a decent system. Oh, okay. So, um, so yeah, so been doing that. My main focus, gaming wise, has been the Earth Dawn West Marches campaign that uh, that I've mentioned a couple of times now. Uh, with the pandemic, we've really been ramping up. Uh, I counted up, I was talking with one of the other staff guys last night. We had 21 games in May, counting the game that's running later today. So, you know, 31 days in May, that means that there were only 10 days this month that there wasn't a game of some kind running. So, uh, pretty, pretty cool. And I ended up uh, taking the leap. And back on the 24th of May, I ran my first session, which is not something I'd done before for this venue. Um, and it went really quite well, I'm happy to say. Uh, I had four players. Um, it was uh, an ECR2 game, so pretty low level. But they had fun. I had fun. So, yeah. That's the important part. So, it's really made me think that I might uh, get around to starting up the Shadowrun thing again. Mm -hmm. uh, That'd be good. So, one one interesting thing that I've learned about uh, through through the Earthdown stuff, um, there's a program out there. Uh, it's not free. It costs about twenty bucks. It's called Dungeon Draft, and a number of our GMs use it to create the maps that we use on Roll Twenty, and that. Uh, and yeah, uh, everyone everyone who's tried it really, really likes it. And uh, so I've been trying to investigate uh, whether it would run on Linux under Wine, but I've been thwarted in that. At least I was when I tried this yesterday because of some really weird uh, certificate issues going on with the Wine HQ website. Uh, neither neither Firefox or Chrome would connect. <laughs> it just uh, threw up an error message and a big printout of the actual uh, SSL certificate. <laughs> so <laughs> something weird's going on there. But yeah, so that's really about it. That's all I've got for weeks in the hobby. All right, let's move on to Paul next. Me? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so what have I done? I've done a lot of Division 2. Um, the season is ending, 
the new the this the season in the game right now is ending in two days hmm. tuesday tuesday morning should, it ends in tuesday morning i should get on that i have all day free tomorrow so i took the day off work so maybe i'll just jump on and see if i can finish off uh whatever's left to do well you still get to be able to do it afterwards you just won't be able to take a part in any of the events okay so those are all ending uh, i managed to finish the last one this morning so i'm good there at least uh, and I actually started uh, a hardcore character because I wanted to see what it's like to, if you die, you're done. So I'm glutton for punishment. <laughs> we'll, see, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, I've been doing a lot of that and I've been doing work, a lot of work. Um, so I've been fortunate during this pandemic to not have to stay home. So I've gotten to work every day it hasn't really affected me too much so i have that going for me um so i don't have a lot of time to do anything other than uh division and some netflix for the most part plus you're also working every third saturday and i'm working every third saturday which i'm not thrilled about but i'll have to deal with it i guess um what have i been watching i started watching the frankenstein chronicles i've only gotten i think episode Okay, uh, I made it through season one, and it was very good. I got to the yeah. end of season one, and I didn't even bother with starting season two. Like, yeah, I, I, I remember. I remember you, 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 and Pat were were mentioning that it kind of was crap after that. I just wanted to see a show yeah. where where Sean Bean didn't die in the first episode. Mm -hmm. So, so that's well, why he doesn't die in the first episode. <laughs> no, I'm sure it'll happen at some point, just because. Um, the new season of the Medici is out. I haven't really gotten too far into that because um, I could. It's been so long since I, I watched the first two seasons. I do not remember what's happening, so I kind of gave up on that. There were a couple of anime things I watched. Where was it here? Um, like it would show up today because that's it. There's this new. Um, where is it here? Um, I guess it, I don't know if it was a 3D generated type thing. I think it's called uh, uh, how the hell do you pronounce that? Niza or something? It's um, a goofy and emotional um, thing about uh, these two, sort of like a demon power and a spirit power, and they merged into this um, sort of like a pearl of some sort, and then it gets separated by a divine god or whatever. And they get put into two different people, and it's just the it. It was actually, it was it was a funny, um, re goofy emotional show that I just I enjoyed it. I was I was half asleep when I watched it because that's what I do. I I'm like I'm gonna watch a movie that I can fall asleep to, but I always pick one with subtitles. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> so I actually have to focus on the show, which is just so stupid. But. Uh, I've also seen... Well, I haven't seen it yet. I put it on my list. I put Space Force on my list. Um, don't know if I'm actually going to watch it because I don't watch a lot of stuff with Steve Carell in it. Mostly because I can't stand the guy. But I keep watching the preview and it keeps making me laugh a little inside. Space Force! Space Force! Yeah, so I'll probably watch that and regret it. I'll be talking about that. I will also be talking about it. <laughs> Um, th there's also a new one, uh, Snowpiercer. That's uh, a new t new series. Uh, yeah, so Both it's based it's based off a Korean movie, uh, Korean or Chinese? I, I think it's Korean. Um, 
basically, uh, humanity has, or the the world has suffered an ecological disaster, and uh, everything's covered in snow and ice. And the last of humanity all exists on this one train that's like circumnavigating the world. And uh, yeah. it's it's the 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 further back you are, the lower in class you are, and as you kind of move up the train, you get into like kind of upper society. It's very very good. Um, yeah, I just there's a lot of plot things in it that I don't know if I can get over, like how they managed to survive yeah. on a freaking train with yeah. no fuel and yeah. no maintenance. Yeah, and, 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 and food. Yeah. And food. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the kind of thing I can't quite understand. You know, like they see the preview and there's like people putting lipstick and stuff on. I'm like, where do you get the lipstick from? Like, where's your manufacturing? <laughs> You're gonna run out eventually, right? Yet they don't seem to, so it's just I don't know if I can... Oh, all, can all of that is explained it. in the movie. Oh, okay, good. I somehow doubt it's going to be... It's not a movie, it's a series. No, I know, but it's based well, off... It's, there it's is a movie. Yeah. It's a Chris video. Uh, yeah, it's based off an old movie. Maybe like uh, five years Batman. old. Ah, okay. Interesting. With Batman. With Batman. Batman. Oh, it's um, Chris Evans. It's Captain America. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Really? Captain America, yeah. Huh, interesting. Anyway, there's also... Um, Another season, uh, season seven of the one hundred. I don't know how this show keeps going. To be honest with you, I know I can't. I, I can't figure. It, it should have ended after season five. It really should have. They they left it at a perfect way to end at season five, and yet it just keeps going. So I can't quite figure it out. Um, but that's pretty much it for me. I don't. I didn't have a whole lot today, other than that. Okay, let's move on to Patrick Ramsay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I've been uh, watching a lot of anime and so on. Um, so things that I have uh, finished all of, or finished seasons of, um, uh, there's a horror ma uh, anime called uh, Parasite that I've read an awful lot about. Mm. Uh, basically, these parasites are uh, taking over people. They, uh, they get into your body and make their way to your brain and uh, basically take over your head. And so now the parasite is operating the body. Um, and for the main character, he it happened while he was asleep. He woke up while he was being infected, uh, managed to uh, tie off his arm where the uh, parasite came in, and so it wasn't able to reach its brain, and in order to survive, it had to settle with just occupying whatever body part it was in, so it took over his right arm. So Wait, now he that, is that dead? Evil dead? Uh, no, it's not quite Evil Dead because it's not a spirit. <laughs> <Just the arm. laughs> it's not a demon. It's a parasite. So you've got this parasite that views humans as as its prey, its natural food store, source. It has no compassion or empathy, uh, and uh, it's kind of teaming up with this uh, high school kid because, you know, of course, anime. It's always high school kids mm -hmm. uh, who's trying to save everyone uh, from the real parasites. You know, he knows the secret of what's going on and. He doesn't want to tell the authorities that he's been infected because he doesn't want to become a lab rat, and his parasite's not going to let him be let the pair of them become a lab rats. Um, and yeah, so there's a lot of emotion to it. Uh, the, it does have its uh, gross horror effects as you watch entire floors of school kids getting wiped out by this thing that has nothing but blades for its head. And so on. Okay. <laughs> sounds like yeah. sounds like a general anime right there yeah yep, pretty much heads yeah uh netflix dropped uh, seasons four and five of bleach so i uh went through all of those 
If you're not familiar with what Leech is, uh, you've got this guy who's always been able to see ghosts. And uh, one day he sees this girl who's running around after this uh, really nasty-looking ghost. Turns out she's a soul reaper. She ends up in, uh, in some trouble, so she makes him a temporary soul reaper because he has the ability to see ghosts. Um, and that just ends up causing a whole lot of problems for the two of them for seasons two and three. Uh, seasons four and five is basically they're taking on uh, what are essentially vampires. And if you like over-the-top action and people who just seem to get more and more powerful with uh, these amazing abilities, you know, they're basically walking nuclear bombs, um, this is a good series for you to check out. Um, another one I just finished the other day is uh, an anime called Beastars, also on Netflix. Well, I, all of these are on Netflix, really. Uh, so I, this I is, saw that one as well. It's, it was good. Yeah, it is good. It's essentially Zootopia. Uh, without the, uh, the well, it does have an element of the mystery, but it, you know, it's more or less that society's turning a blind eye to the carnivores, uh, preying on the herbivores, in a way that doesn't destroy society. Um, but what's really going on here is a love story between a wolf, a gray wolf, and a Norwegian dwarf rabbit, uh, <laughs> as they're trying to. Uh, get past their instincts and so on and you know the fact that their love would be a forbidden love because you know herbivore and carnivore sorry quick question is this um mm -hmm. like anthropomorphized they're anthropomorphized okay yeah. okay that makes more sense Ooh. yeah they're also high school students of course of course because it's an anime of course i hear you uh but it 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 takes a very adult look at uh at the themes and it you know, it definitely has a whole lot of what's my nature, what's my role in society, how do I fit in, how do I break past what is expected of me to be who I want to be, uh, themes to it. So it's really cool. It's the whole, most of the, well, the story is pretty much from the wolf's point of view rather than mm -hmm. the rabbit's point of view like Zootopia was. Um, and, you know, he's dealing with this question, am I interested in this rabbit because I'm falling in love with her, or is it because she's prey to me and I want to eventually devour her? Yeah, you know, and... the, actually, the, the most freaky, the, the scene that disturbed me the most was the, the like, beggar guy in the, in, outside the, the black the market, meat. yeah. Yeah, that was offering carnivores selling off eat. his uh, body yeah, parts. Yeah, he was, he was selling off body parts to and I was, I was like, I'm like, that's creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there's this. I mean, the whole thing starts with this alpaca that gets ambushed somewhere on the school campus and devoured, uh, and you know, this sets off tensions between the herbivores and the carnivores at the school. Um, so you know, it's it's extremely taboo for the carnivores to be preying on the herbivores, but at the same time, society has these unofficial, let's look the other way, uh, setups to allow the carnivores to be able to, uh, to feed on the herbivores. Like the black market has meat available there, um, but it's, uh, it's, uh, usually, it's supposed to be the old and the infirm that are giving up their lives. To, uh, to provide this service so that the carnivores can actually function in society better because their instincts and their urges get, have a way of being satisfied. Biology is set up for... Yeah. 
honestly, what I thought was more disturbing was the uh, the chicken that sat next to the wolf. And uh, she was very proud that the eggs that she that she made were the uh, were what made the egg salad sandwiches that the wolf thought were the best. <laughs> and, you know, I I thought that was a little disturbing. I mean, certainly the uh, the the beggar selling off his uh, body parts for food was uh, disturbing, but the the pride this chicken had in creating the best eggs uh, was kind of weird. Those are my unborn children you're eating, and you're loving them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, if well, you they're like... probably unfertilized eggs, so they're not actually... Oh, yeah, of course, just like with the regular chicken. Yeah. Um, oh, and, I mean, it, the wolf isn't the only one who... The rabbit is uh, extremely promiscuous. The uh, <laughs> first official time that they meet, um, she's wondering what he wants because he's just really nervous about uh, uh, being in the same room as her uh, because of their unofficial meeting. And uh, and she strips down because uh, you know she has sex with anybody who's basically willing to ask. And the main yeah. reason for this is because she's so small and kind of childlike, she's always been looked down on by the people around her and the only time that people take her seriously is uh, during sex she discovered that so uh, well, she's that's, just, got some issues she's yeah there's yeah, some deep exactly. underlying themes there too isn't there yeah I, so it, it's uh, yeah I, everybody has issues so it and it all has to do with instinct and and self-identity and self-esteem and so on so it it is worth checking out. I was reluctant to give it a go, but I saw this list of, uh, if you're not into anime, these are the anime to watch, and Beastars was on it, so I decided to give it a try, and I really enjoyed it. Um, if you're into standard fantasy kind of fare, uh, there's a record of Grand, Grand Crest War. Um, basically, uh, you've got mages, and you've got the lords, so this has a whole lot of questions about uh, society and castes and social roles and so on. Um, so the lords are, are fighting demons, and as they destroy demons, they can absorb the chaos of these demons, uh, and that builds up their crest, and their crest gives them power. And the, the bigger your crest, the higher you are in the social order and so on. Uh, so you've got this mage who's uh, traveling to a job that she doesn't want to have to do, and uh, gets disrupted by this uh, this young uh, warrior lord. He has a crest, but he doesn't come from a noble family or anything. It's just that where he comes from, there are a lot of demons, and he managed to kill enough of them that he built up a crest of his own. And now he's using that to uh, try and bring justice to the world. Um, and so it's basically the two of them working together to uh, eventually get him all the way up to the rank of emperor so that he can literally change and save the world and they're discovering who's behind everything that's going on and uh, why everything is set up the way it is and so on so pretty standard anime fa fantasy fair uh watched a slice of life anime called monthly girls nozaki-kun uh high school you've got this girl who's uh, really into this guy who seems to be kind of oblivious about her but they develop a friendship and she discovers that he draws romance manga under a female <laughs> pseudonym and so uh it's her being around him and discovering that all these people that are in their lives are actually being put into the manga in different ways 
and not in ways that you'd expect. Like his best friend is actually the female lead in his mangas. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it it's light, it's fun, um, typical romance kind of anime. It has it has three three things on. It says romantic anime, comedy anime, and lovable loser. Yep, because that's what he is. <laughs> yep, <laughs> exactly. Because he's he's totally oblivious to uh, to her feelings and towards him. And of course, at the same time, she's just wondering, should I actually tell him what's going on? Um, and there are all these side romances that are being set up as well by people that seem totally mismatched to each other. Um, what I hate about all these animes is they'll put up like one, maybe two seasons tops, but the story keeps going and you never get to see how it ends. Yeah. And that always frustrates me with the anime stuff on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got into Attack on Titan uh, a while ago with uh, yeah. with Netflix and... I think it was two seasons that they had, and now there's nothing else. But I know they're just going and it's going. It's still going, and going on going. in this, in, yeah. 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 I haven't seen anything past, like, season three or four. And that's only because uh, my brother-in-law has them. He, he he went out and actually bought them. Mm-hmm. I've never... I haven't seen anything past that, so I don't know what happens. And I... It was the same thing with Bleach. I ended up, like... This was back when I was in high school. I, um, I managed to watch, like seven or eight seasons of bleach through <clears throat> questionable means because mm -hmm. i could not find it anywhere and it's it's like it's yeah it's on netflix now and i'm like yeah but i already know what happens four seasons past where it stops on netflix so yeah because there's something like 12 seasons of the yeah show. i saw i saw the very very last season i didn't like the way this the, it ended but mm -hmm. i mean how, how long can you kick a down horse right you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's, it's like it's like all right, just keep on going with it. I mean, they really could have if they tried hard enough, but you know, at a point, I understand why they wanted. How, to how long it. did the, you know, Big Bang Theory go on for? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that should have ended up after like season five. Yep. Um, it was making money. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so much money. As long as it's making money, it'll keep going. Excuse me, sorry, I'm dying. Uh, the Arrowverse has gone through most of their season finales, so uh, Supergirl, Batwoman, and Flash are the ones that I've watched. Uh, of course, because of the quarantine, everything has ended on a cliffhanger because they've all been forced to end their season a lot earlier than they expected. Well, especially Batwoman. Yeah, and that's going to be an interesting thing. That will bring up the news and rumors. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, oh, uh, She-Ra. Uh, and the princesses of power. I, I got into that, and uh, so I watched uh, the entire series. So the, la the latest season, I think it's season five, is the finale, though it ends the whole story. Um, they probably could have dragged on another season out of it, but uh, I think it went pretty well. Um, there, there's one, like there's a lot of, uh, for anyone who's watched it, there's a lot of, uh, oh yeah we're happy about this uh, because of the relationship between Adora and Catra at the end. Uh, they actually end up becoming lovers. Um, which, yeah, it kind of makes sense, but what I can't keep getting out of my mind is that they were basically raised as sisters. So it's basically a pair of adopted sisters becoming lesbian lovers. Yeah. Well, that's very and, popular in porn these days, so... Well, yes, but this isn't porn. This is She-Ra. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of porn. <laughs> and this is the modern She-Ra, not the old She-Ra. So that's even further away from being porn. <laughs> uh, I mean, it 
it definitely is a very LGBTQ friendly uh, series. Absolutely is. Um, Isn't every just, series now though? Like they're going out of their way to kind of show yeah. that they're they're woke. Yeah, I I mean I definitely w- was fine with the two of them reconciling and and getting closer together, but. To be honest, because they were sisters, I'd have been fine with them staying as much closer sisters than actually becoming a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's the sisters aspect of it that that bothers me, not the fact that that they had a lesbian relationship. If they actually had not been raised as sisters, uh, I'd have been totally fine with the way that it ended up. Yeah, well, I've only I've only seen like most of the first season mm-hmm. of Shira. But uh, the way I saw it, you know, they were raised in an environment that basically completely discouraged any kind of personal bonds whatsoever. Um, <laughs> so I, I, ne- I never really saw them raised as sisters. Well, they, they I, basically were. Shadow Weaver was their mother figure, and they were the closest out of the bunch and and shadow weaver was their parent it wasn't implied that shadow weaver was a parent to anyone else that was on the horde side of things so they were essentially sisters a very dysfunctional family but uh, i think that they were as close to sisters as they could be well like i said it's 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 not something that i that i saw Mm. but mind you i haven't seen much yeah well, I mean, they're they're really only close at the beginning and at the end of the whole series, right? The entire rest of the series, Katra being very adversarial towards Adora, and she she has her reasons. They're not necessarily good reasons, but she does have her reasons, and they all make sense. Oh yeah, lots of dysfunction there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, stuff that I'm currently watching. Uh, I started up uh, Ghost in the Shell SAC 2045. Um, that's really twisting my mind in a lot of weird ways and not because of what's going on in the story or anything like that. Uh, it definitely has a lot of adult themes like you'd expect out of Ghost in the Shell, but the anime style or the animation style of it is, uh, well, it reminds me of things like Paw Patrol and the Treehouse shows and so on. It, so there's this big disconnect going in my head as I'm saying, well, this is like a kid's show, but no, these are definitely not kid's show themes going on here. Um, it's and like South Park a bit for the... Hmm? Sort of a little bit like South Park, right? Like you got little cartoon characters, you know, cardboard well, cutouts right on talking about yeah. adult themes. Yeah, but it's easier to to ignore the, the childlike aspect of it. You know, it's just animation in general. Um... And uh, the animation in this Ghost in the Shell uh, does seem a little choppy at times. It, it's not as smooth as it should be. Um, but the story is, uh, is kind of interesting, very cyberpunk, um, with a lot of elements from Appleseed showing up in it as well, as far as the situation in the world is concerned. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it, it is uh, worth checking out if you've enjoyed Ghost in the Shell stuff. It may not be the best thing that you've seen for Ghost in the Shell, but it it still is uh, living up to the promise of the show, I guess. Uh, I watched the first episode of American Gods. Uh, definitely. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I liked it, but uh, you know, I haven't gone back to it for a little bit, so I've 
been watching all sorts of other things instead. So once I run out of the stuff that I'm interested in, I'll probably be coming back to it. Uh, I've been wanting to mention this the last couple of episodes, I think, uh, but I keep on forgetting. Harley Quinn Season 2 is out and ongoing. Uh, and that is uh, a really good show. Uh, they're dealing with the growing relationship, romantic relationship, between uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. And they've, uh, they've come, like, the two of them have realized that they have feelings for each other. Um, and in this latest episode, you had Poison Ivy saying to Harley Quinn, I love you and trust you with my life, but you're just so all over the place and in and out of things that I can't trust you with my heart. And so it'll be interesting to see where that develops from there. Is that the animated Adult Swim one? With uh, Kaylee Cuoco. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's worth watching. It definitely is uh, a really good. I mean, DC does hit it out of the park with its animated properties for the most part. Okay. Uh, and, uh, well, yeah, just uh, this week, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7 dropped, like Dwayne said. Uh, definitely looking forward to where it's going to be going. Uh, it's interesting that um, uh, the woman who plays Quake, uh, her name is escaping me at the moment, has uh, hinted quite vigorously that uh, she would love to have her character get its own Disney Plus show. Whether Chloe Bennett. Happens, yes, Chloe Bennett. Yeah. Whether or not that happens is is to be seen. But uh, oh, I could get be, I could get behind a Quake uh, a Quake oh, yeah. Disney Plus show. Um, so okay. Yeah. Uh, Big thumbs up. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as gaming goes, uh, well, I uh, started a new campaign for Chimera or XCOM Chimera Squad, um, and I I don't know. I'm just having a hard time getting into this game. As much as I love the XCOM franchise, um, it the, I don't know that is it the stakes that just aren't quite getting to me or I, I'm one of the things I do like about XCOM 2 is the customization aspects of your characters, which is completely removed from from Chimera Squad. You, uh, you have no choice about who it is that you're going to uh, recruit. Everybody has their own special abilities. Uh, every time there is a recruitment opportunity, you're given three candidates, and you can only choose one. And the two that you choose don't choose are never going to be available to you again. So you have to choose wisely. Wait, so it's like, okay, thanks for, you made it to the final step, but after that, if you don't get it, we don't want to talk to you again. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's just the game mechanics. Uh, I know, how it, yeah. How it gets justified elsewhere, I don't know. And, and considering nowadays most games let you customize your avatar, you know, like crazy, it seems strange to go back to the day where, nope, this is the what you're stuck with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of get the impression that Chimera Squad is really just out there to sort of be an interim game and to keep the XCOM franchise alive as they start spreading out onto other platforms. Right now, the their big push for XCOM is uh, on Nintendo Switch. Um, so, I have gotten back into City of Heroes again. <laughs> uh, the main reason I think I, I lost interest uh, last time we were we had our or we did our recording uh, it was just the character that I've got that I was playing at the time uh, he's uh, he's one of my few villains um, and I really like the character but I don't like all the story arcs that are available to him because 
he's definitely built up built for soloing that's my preferred style of play even though it's a massively multiplayer game um and all the adventures that are available to him are really trying to push you to team up with other people which one i don't enjoy doing as much and two on the villain side can be a bit of a challenge because everybody likes to play the heroes rather than the villains but all my other characters uh, that aren't villains that are at lower le- or the villain the other villains I have are all at lower levels, so the the, uh, the stories available to them are a little or the missions available to them are more in line with what I like. Um, but the heroes are also a lot more interesting to me. So it'll be interesting to see when my villains reach the same point where or my other villains reach the same point where Tachyon Rift is and see if I'm still as, not as enamored with what's going on when I get through, through there and then once I get over that speed bump maybe I'll be a lot more interested in it and what the villains are doing again um, tabletop wise we've been doing uh, Starfinder so the guys have uh, are discovering that there's more to this planet than, uh, than they thought uh, it's not just a simple a, there's some life here and it'll preserve us until rescue comes there's other stuff going on and so now we're getting into the uh, into the discovering what's happening aspects of the campaign or not the campaign adventure because I'm not wanting Starfinder to be a campaign at this point um, related to that I have a, a program that I got off of Steam called Virtual Battle Map that I use for making my maps um, does pretty well for integrating in with uh, with uh, Roll20, so I, I do like that. Though I am a little bit frustrated uh, with what I've been doing lately, because I lay out my floor for the map, and then I put in all the side stuff and all the accoutrements uh, and so on, and then I print it off and my floor's completely disappeared. For some reason the program thinks that my floor is at a slightly lower level before, below the map face, basically. Um, and so I've, I've had to restart the latest map that I finally finished just before we started recording um, about four or five times. How does it work for bringing into the grid system in D20? Oh, you just... Uh, you I know, like, I've had somewhere you think I have a picture, but mm-hmm. when you put it in as an image into Rule 20, it turns into, like, one small little picture that you have yeah. to then... Well, you know, you've got to make sure that you're in the map layer uh, yes. when you put it on. Uh, oh. And, yeah, it'll come on small, but you can just expand the picture uh, till it fills in everything. Um, okay, the putting in the map grid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, the the thing that I'm not I'm, I'm having a bit of a difficulty with as far as Roll20 goes is it has its own grid um, yes. and you can't really adjust the size of that grid. No. Uh, so you've got to be careful with the scale that you're building your map so that it'll actually fit the grid. Yeah, I brought one in where it didn't. It, the overlay didn't work. Like there was mm-hmm. the map grid, but then there was sort of the uh, the map I used. It was like they were off kilter a little bit. Yep. So it was like, oh, wait. Yeah, hmm? I make sure that I don't have a grid okay. on uh, any of the maps that I build, yeah. uh, so that it doesn't interfere with it. Well, well I learned that because, like I said, I when I put it together, I'm like, oh, it's off. Like not much, but it's like. Enough that it throws you off. And you're trying to move, you know, characters around and stuff. Like, wait, that's actually not the real grid. It's the other side. That's the grid part. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, the scale 
for this map that I just did when when I was building it, um, the my X's are, or my squares are a lot smaller. So now I think compared to the scale that I built it at, uh, one hex on the map is probably about eight hexes, or an eight by eight grid uh, from when I was designing it. So that might be a bit of a, an issue when we actually play. We'll have to see how things go on Wednesday. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much been my month. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna go next, just so we leave Pat for last. Okay. <laughs> I love uh, um, uh, let's see I haven't really been doing too much uh, for TV shows uh, like I said Jen and I started watching um, uh, Dresden Files because uh, it's a super super good movie, a show that I pre have previously watched uh, but is that she, based she, on the, the, the novels? yes we, okay. we'd, we'd already started talking about how the author for the novels had just put out new books and that's that's when I mentioned to, to Dwayne that uh, Jen and I were watching Dresden Files. It's it's really good. It's only about um, it's one season, maybe seven or eight episodes. It's it's not there isn't a lot of it, but what they did was very good, and I really wish they had managed to uh, to keep going. Yeah. Um, we've I've, we're also watching a bunch of police procedures. Uh, like right now, we're watching an Australian one called Rush. It's on Amazon Prime. I watched another one on Amazon Prime, whose name is escaping me, but it's about uh, the British police force and the cool thing about it is i mean this is like a just a regular um street level um cops and you know there's only one character who's actually been authorized or trained in how to use pepper spray there's or a in a tracer and they all have pepper spray none of them carry sidearms uh in the entire season that we watched there was one episode where someone pulled a gun and um and that led led to an armed standoff uh, later on in the episode where they had to bring in like the special weapons unit who are actually trained in firearms and actually have rifles and so forth. But the actual B cops don't carry sidearms. The worst thing they have to deal with is someone trying to kind of chop their head off with a samurai sword, um, which of course would, would kill you as well, but it's just, I don't know, sorry. maybe yeah, easier to defend yeah, against. It, it reminded me of one of your favorite movies when you said, oh, we don't know how to do the shooting. It's just like the... Demolition Man. We're not trained for this sort of violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, what, what what it's reminding me of is Robin Williams' classic routine where he talks about cops in England and saying, in England, they say, stop, or I'll say stop again. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the worst thing they do, really, is either tackle you or pepper spray you. I mean, if someone's being aggressive, that's when the pepper spray comes out. If they're running, they're just, you run after them, and then you catch them, and then you arrest them, and and maybe they'll struggle and you'll punch them in the face and or they'll try to punch you. But it's not like there's no one died. Basically uh, there was um, e even in the episode with a firearm, when the, uh, the police are trying to arrest these, these guys, one guy pulls a firearm, uh, everyone kind of uh, deescalates. Like the whole, the whole premise of both of the shows we're watching is that the cops are there to deescalate. They're not there to, uh, you know, push their weight around and, and try to bully people and uh and uh fire on reporters say yeah or murder unarmed black people just like it's such a different mentality from what is happening in the states and especially what's happening in the states right now that uh that uh, there's probably a reason why we stopped watching american cop shows and have switched to cop shows from civilized countries <laughs> and yes that's a day to our american neighbors uh what else 
Um, uh, oh, I, I, on Amazon Prime, I did watch this one show called The First, and it's kind of about um, the race to get to Mars. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a really, really well done show. It's got Sean Penn in it as the main character, who's like this aged uh, astronaut who's... Um, uh, who was the leader of this uh, of the of this planned mission to Mars? Um, then he starts having some personal issues. His wife has died. Uh, his daughter is going through. Uh, she's a a junkie, so she's going through kind of um, the rehab process. And it it's, it takes away from his focus on the, this Mars project. So he actually ends up getting kind of booted from the team. Uh, the very first episode is 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 him basically losing his position and then trying to deal with that. And then the mission kind of goes ahead without him, and then you know disaster happens, and then they they have to start rebuilding. It's 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 very similar, or it's a kind of a parallel to uh, what's going on with SpaceX and uh, this whole launch that just recently happened. So that actually that that tie-in came out uh, happened very well. You know, there's there's a um, a, a tech uh, leader um, who's played by someone who's very famous, and I don't remember her name right now. Um, it, she kind of looks like Gillian Anderson, but it's obviously not Gillian Anderson. Anyway, the show is very good. It's called The First. I would definitely recommend that. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, for video games, I haven't really been doing much. Um, I, I got, I finally got my brand new system, and it's incredible. And Division Two has been fantastic on it. The two times that I've played, but I <laughs> then, then I haven't gone back. And instead, I started playing this game from like 1992 called Mountain Blade uh, Mount. Damn it! What the fuck? Yeah, Mountain Blade with Mount, Fire and Sword. Mountain Blade. Mount and Blade. Yes. Uh, it's um, you. You're basically like an army commander, and you put together a mercenary crew, and you're going through like uh, Eastern Europe, basically. So there's there's five different empires. There's this um, the the Norse, basically. I think it's Sweden specifically. There's the the Moscovites. There's the Cossacks. Um, uh, and then there's a couple others. So it's basically just. Um, like tribes from that area, um, and and it's completely open world. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Uh, you can choose to fight for whichever one of the nations you want to, or choose to fight for none of them and just be a mercenary. You can go around. You can rob people. You can basically do whatever you want. Uh, so it, there's there's like a tactical overlay where you're going around to different um, different towns and settlements and either trading with them or uh, murdering them or robbing them. And then there's also like a, a, a third-person combat element as well. So if you ever come into actual conflict with another party, then it, it sw switches from like the, the world overlay to the tactical overlay where now you're commanding your forces. You can, uh, their, their default for some reason is to blindly charge forward. So if, you're, if you want to you know, save your troops, you basically tell them to hunker down where they are, w wait for the enemy to come to you, use your archers and your um, musketeers to take out as many of the, of the enemy before they get to you to kind of protect yourself. Um, it's, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's a very fun game, but like I said, it's like from 92 or something. So the graphics are not great and it's not taxing on the system. I could easily have played this on the old game system. No. <laughs> easily, easily. Yeah. Oh, wow. For some reason, yeah. I just started, I started playing it again and uh, I'm, I'm just drawn right into it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to interject just for a quick such mm -hmm. second because she got me curious. Uh, the actress you're thinking of is Natasha McKello. Yeah, that's her. Uh, best best known to me for Ronan. 
which was a really fun Robert De Niro flick. Love that movie. Yeah, she's she's been in a bunch of stuff that I've seen before, and and for some reason I'm I'm blanking at where I saw her, like what show she was on before. But she's a very good actress, and in this yeah. she she plays like an Elon Musk uh, equivalent, where she's this leader of this tech firm, um, and she she has this drive to go into space and. Uh, it's it's a very very good show. I highly recommend it to anyone who wants to watch yeah. anything to do with most, space exploration. Yeah, the most recent thing that I'd seen her in, um, just before this, the first thing um, was Designated Survivor. She played the first lady. Okay. So I don't know if I've seen it. Anyway, uh, so that's kind of TV. I'm sure there are other things that I'm totally forgetting about. Uh, oh, um, yeah, one, one other thing I, would, I do want to talk about. I'm finally ready, or almost ready, to get into Crisis. Or Crisis on Infinite... Is it Crisis on Infinite Worlds? Crisis on Infinite Earths. Earths, yes. Okay, yeah. so I've, I've actually gone through and gotten to the point where I'm ready to go it for Batwoman, which, that's a show I'm surprisingly into. I, 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 I didn't like the crossover that Supergirl had with her, where they first introduced the character in the first place, but when she, when I started watching her own show, I'm I'm really starting to get into it, uh, and I and I didn't think I was going to like it at first. Uh, I'm all caught up on Flash to the point where the next episode is the Crisis episode. I'm all caught up on Supergirl where that's the next episode. I'm all caught up on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. That's the, the the very first episode of the fifth season, I think. So now I'm at Arrow. And for whatever reason, I didn't remember how season six of Arrow ended, so I'm going. I went all the way back and started from the first episode of season six. I'm going through that. I'm maybe midway through, and I have to get through like basically one full rotation uh, to get to the middle of season seven, which I think is where um, where the crisis happens for Arrow. And once I once I get to that point, I'm going to stop everything and just watch all the crisis episodes. And then go back to whichever show I'm, I'm actually most interested in watching, which right, right, right now might be Batwoman. Cool. Uh, I, so, think, I think you'll really like Crisis, man. Yeah, yeah I really for sure. It. Pat, I think you really enjoyed it, too. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah so I've been Good waiting stuff. to kind of get um, caught up to the point where I could actually sit down and watch the whole, the whole Crisis crossover all in one go. Like, maybe take a whole afternoon off work or something, or... Because it's not a show that, or I think that Jen's at, at all you interested know Superman in. Superman dies, eh, Dev? Uh, what's that? A Superman does die. Eh? Uh, you know that can't happen because Superman has a new show called Superman and Lois that's coming out on the CW with that same actor. So Superman's not going to die. No, a oh, yeah. oh, whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's it's no. probably Dean Cain who plays a Superman from Lois and Clark. Actually, I I, I no. did hear that he was coming in. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm. I cannot wait to watch it. It's going to be great. Um, I was going to talk about the the Superman and Lois show on News and Rumors, but I guess we can talk about it now. Um, I really like the introduction of the Superman character in Supergirl. Uh, I think he's a good actor, and I like the the the, the path or whatever the, his character is taking. So, and I really like the Lois character for that show too. So, I'm I'm really looking forward to that show. Uh, okay, so that's it for TV um, movies. Ah, oh, man, I don't even know if I've seen a single movie since we last recorded. Uh, it's possible that I have, and I'm just blanking on it. Um, maybe I'll remember later and come back to it. Uh, for video games, like I said, Mountain Blade, um, and a bit of Div 2, that's really about it. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, role-playing games. 
so I'm running right now three separate Star Wars campaigns. So uh, <laughs> for for a while I was running I think three or four at the same time, and that kind of uh, all my um, in person ones. Um, so the the the, uh, the forces always with you cast that has pretty much ground to a halt until we can start getting back together again. So there's no new episodes that have been released because there's been no recordings. Um, the one that we're doing in person, um, Pat, you, 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 me, yeah, go ahead. You, me, and I don't care. It doesn't matter. We're going to cut this all this out anyway. Uh, (laughs) so the, the, the in-person game that Paul, Pat, and I are playing with Mm -hmm. uh, a couple other friends, that one's kind of ground to hall. We tried playing it online. We, we got one episode and that worked. And then two of the players just stopped talking. Like we, I have not heard from Chris or Jenna in the last three weeks since we try to get another episode in or another uh, session in. So that one's mm. ground to a halt, I guess. Uh, then I have got the one game that I'm running with my friends from Chicago from the cast of the Anonymous Tabletop podcast. Uh, that one's going very well. Um, it, it's funny. They're the first group that I ran with who have no interest in making their own characters. They wanted to play Edge of the Empire. Uh, so I ran them through the beginner game. They got to pick their characters. They kind of fell in love with their characters, and they don't want to make their own, and they just want to keep going with those pre pre generated characters that they've um, gotten to know, which is it's completely different than every other game I've ever run. And I'm really enjoying playing with these guys. They're a great group. I mean, I've been friends with them for uh, five or six years ever since um, they they started the podcast, came onto the Freebooters Network, which I'm a, a big part of. Um, we just be, uh, become friends, and I'm really enjoying running those guys. And then the last group I'm playing are also from friends that I've made through Geek Nation Tours, which is the the main sponsor for the Freebooters Network. Um, it's one of my buddies from uh, from like in the Toronto area here in Canada, and then two of my American buddies, uh, and the three of us get together weekly now on a, on Thursday nights to play Star Wars and. They made their own characters, and they are absolutely loving that game too. So, uh, lots of Star Wars going on. Um, yeah, uh, Dev, you love Star Wars. I love Star Wars. It's my absolute favorite thing to run, play in. Just, just, I love it so much. It's, it's my fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's, it's funny you mention uh, just wanting to play pre-gens. Mm-hmm. That's only happened once for me. Uh, we did an exalted second edition campaign for a number of years. And we started off with Return to the Tomb of Five Corners, which was an adventure with pregens. And uh, I ended up kind of, I slightly customized it, but I took the pregen character that I played from there, Morning Breeze. I ended up playing that character for several years and just had a blast with them all only time i've ever done that because i love making my own characters yeah that's one of the bigger parts of playing a role-playing game is you get to make a guy and kind of customize it to um a background or a story or whatever but it's it's something that you make and uh so it's it's interesting that this group all they, they they just want to play the game they just want to enjoy the game they like the characters that that were created uh for the the starter game and they're like, yeah, we have no problem playing with these guys. We've we've kind of gotten used to their personalities, and like they have a they have a certain idea of who that person is, and they're enjoying it. So as long as they're enjoying it, that's all I care about. And uh, so that 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 game's going on as well. Um, other than that, uh, Pat has his Pendragon campaign, which um, I think we're getting ready to play in a session soonish. 
a couple weeks, hopefully. Yeah. And then uh, later on today, we're actually starting a new Pendragon campaign, well, a, a campaign based on the Pendragon rules, but this time uh, dealing a little uh, further on in the storyline and a different part of the uh, of the continent on the continent this time. Charlemagne. Uh, we're going to play the Charlemagne um, campaign run by our good buddy Eric, who left Ottawa maybe a decade ago, and we yeah, yeah. very rarely get to see him. But now that we're all kind of doing this online, we can do it with anyone anywhere. It's almost twenty years he's left. Oh, uh, is it almost twenty? Jesus, yeah, it was a, it was a while ago. Because his his kid was not that old when he left. No, his kid hadn't been born yet. Yeah, yeah it was. It was born mm-hmm. here. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Did, did yes. they meet? Oh, I, I thought he and his ex-wife met uh, when he was in Waterloo. No, they they no, were here in Ottawa. Okay, they were here in Ottawa. Okay. So, anyway, and yeah, oldest since twenty, so. I think that's all that I have to talk about. There's no other games or anything that we have going on. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll just pass it on to Pat. All right. Well, the one that Dev and I were, had watched, he didn't talk about. Oh, Space I didn't Force. talk about a Space Force. Space Force. Uh, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Talk about Space Force. I'll, uh, inter- well, I'll interject. Carell was also one of the writers and directors of mm-hmm. it, um, and it's. I've watched a few shows of it. It's not bad. Um, it's. Lighthearted humor sort of idea. John Malkovich is always great to He's watch. He's fantastic. He plays. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't find it that funny though. I mean, it's it's humorous, but nothing made me really laugh out loud uh, for me. I don't I know like, if it's meant to be funny. Not like The Office was meant to be funny. This is more like a drama. Yeah, but with a comedy sort of swing to it, right? Yeah. Uh, the problem is whenever you do uh, topical political satire, it gets dated pretty fast. Right, that like the space force thing now is is funny, but who knows in ten years if people will be go watch back and go, oh yeah, I get it, as opposed to, eh. Um, but I like I said, I did enjoy it. It's they they have some good characters, decent writing in it, you know. And I think I'm at the number four or five of it. Uh, Lisa Kudrow's in it as well as his wife who ends up going to prison yeah like the uh, first show the first show it's like <laughs> oh he's been promoted you're in charge of the space force one year later he goes to visit her in prison wait what yeah and apparently she's <laughs> going to be in prison for like the next 40 to 60, 40 to 60 years so they never explain they never explain why she's in there uh so i jen and i actually finished it we binged that entire season it's only i think 10 episodes in yeah. a day and a half so <laughs> it's if if you're not quite in love with it after the first episode or two just Stick with it because it's actually very good. It's actually very sweet. Um, it, it it touches on a lot of uh, like a kind of modern day issues uh, with uh, the armed forces being all about murder, 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 and he's almost like a dissenting voice in that. Um, uh, I really bomb. like Steve Carell. Build, build, build the bomb. Build the bomb. Yeah, but so yeah. Well, it's funny. So he he starts off with that kind of mentality. He's like, well, any time that we're in the Air Force, whenever we come across an issue, we try to fix it with a bomb. And so, can we try a bomb? But <laughs> but that's like the in the first two or three episodes. And and as you kind of progress and and they're they're starting their mission to kind of get to the moon. Um, his whole mentality becomes more about, you know, well, maybe we should try to talk about it first. Uh, we should, like, violence is not the first resort that we should, or the first, first option that we should resort to. So he actually ends up being more of, like, a, a calming influence. Uh, it's funny, at one point, John Malkovich wants to go all murder crazy, and he actually talks John oh, Malkovich, John. yeah, the, who plays, like, the lead scientist in charge of the mission. 
there, who there for some reason thinks that he's there is a lot of funny characters no there's in great there. the characters are fantastic the uh the second in command to the science team he's hilarious um the the lady who becomes his like personal pilot slash chauffeur uh um, the captain she's very funny uh, it's it's funny though is um when they're when they first meet like he's being promoted to the space force which everyone knows is trump's big thing right mm-hmm. So there's a separate branch that gets separated. And the Air Force General's like, you should still be part of me because, you know, I'm Air Force and your Air Force is space. And then the the Army guy goes like, you know, you both you, you used to be under me as well. So, you know, why can't I get you guys back? Yeah, it's... Uh, like, it's the Air Force used to be underneath the Army, right? So, like, the, the show is the very good. And like, uh, Coast Guard, go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they shit on the Coast Guard. Um, Commander, it's so much in that whole show. It's very good. Um... Like I said, if, if you're not in love with it after first couple episodes, maybe give it two more and maybe you'll enjoy it. Yeah, it does look good. Um, the other thing I've been watching is, uh, well, I finished off Buffy all seasons, seven seasons. And it's like, when you, it's like I've we've all enjoyed the show, but when you start binge watching, you're like, okay, I could see where season five had been the one to finish. Oh, it definitely, it definitely should have ended there. You know, and also I could tell as seasons go, they weren't sure from season to season how to handle Spike. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's like okay. He should have he should have been killed after season four, you know, and he yeah, should have been killed. Although Tough. in season seven, you know, they did. I don't. I don't care. He should have been killed. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying. In season seven, they did finally figure out. Okay, this is how we want him to be, and moving forward. Uh, and I forgot how much you know, Dawn as a teenager was over the top, teenage Annoying. drama. Yeah, it was just too much. It's like okay, oh she's on mute or shut, you know. <laughs> but yeah, season five, you could tell they only wanted five seasons, and then they got drawn out to rewrite seasons six and seven, and season seven. Making money. Well, it's also hey, let's go back to season two or season three after we killed, uh, or season two after we killed, you know, Angel, and you know that's the reason that season seven exists for the first. But again, still some good writing, you know. Still, and Buffy oh. still holds up because they didn't do too much topical sort of stuff at the time, so it, it carries through. I have watched um, Batman animated one called uh, Gotham by Gaslight. Mm, Gotham by Gaslight. That's uh, that was a, a series, like an actual comic book series yes, that I really enjoyed. it's a comic enjoyed. book, and um, they decided to change things. They always do. Fairly big. Uh, spoiler alert here, so. Um, Spoilers! If you, they make James Gordon the bad guy, they make him the Jack Jack the Ripper in, in the movie, and it's like, wait, you're changing the his his one buddy that constant through all the other ones. There's, you know, Batman, Alfred, and Gordon. <laughs> they were connected all the way through. They're all they have the same ideals. That's why they help out Batman. They made um... him the bad guy in the in the movie it's like wait just just to mention um gotham by gaslight inspired the whole elseworlds thing they retroactively made gotham by gaslight the first elseworlds elseworlds comic really it came out in 1989 like i said though the fact that they made james gordon the bad guy in the movie was just it's like, wait, that's not quite right. Like, why, why do that when they, in the comic graphic novel, they had a good character that that worked well for it, and a good reason for him being a bad guy as well. 
Uh, and they also made Barbara his wife, not his daughter. Um, watch a bit more of, um, not too much, just a couple shows of Preacher and the Space Force and just some other Duster movies and stuff like that. Um, for reading, well, let's do more Horace Heresy books, but also some more uh, Warmer 40k ones dealing with the new uh, Crusade and the Rift and the 13th Crusade and stuff like that. So, But it's interesting because it shows Terra, what, what Terra's like and yeah! If you're part of the Imperial Palace it's nice being part of Terra if you're one of the top people. If you're not, that's Warmer 40k. You know. I rewatched Dread as well. The, which is a great movie. The new one or the old one? The, the Dread. Dread. Oh, Dread. 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 Dread is the new one. Carl Urban. Yeah. Judge Dread is the similar one. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, got yeah. I, I always get them confused. No, no, it's easy. Dread, yeah. Carl Urban, Judge Dread, Stallone with Rob Schneider. Yeah. Still a great movie. I, no, it's I, not a great movie. It is a, it is a 100% a great movie. No, no. It's Super still holds dumb. up. I really wish that Urban had had a chance to do more. And stuff. I like Dread a lot. Well, I, I he wanted to when they were talking about making it into a TV show. He was on board, and then it, it stalled, and then now everything stalled, and then I guess well, it lost he, momentum, or he got well, something else to do. He didn't want also. He wasn't going to be the main actor, so after a while, he's like, "Well, I'm not going to do it if I'm just going to show up to, you know, narrate for so long mm. and then leave because he'd have to fly to England to do it, right?" It's like. So yeah, but now it looks like it's stalled. Uh, that's news and rumor stuff. But yeah, there's there's still stuff going on with the the studio and stuff like that. So it looks like they've gotten more rights to other things. So who knows? It might still be coming out. Hell, if if Avatar can spend 15 years before coming out the next one, <laughs> which no one asked for well, or wanted, we'll have to wait and see when it actually comes out how successful that. Well, I watched a good one recently. Like, the reason Avatar did so well is in the look, mm-hmm. right? Because afterwards, okay, no one really talks about Avatar anymore. No one ever was into the characters. It was the look. After uh, a it while, was, it was it was a pretty pretty movie. That's what pretty, I liked about it. That yeah, was the only thing I liked. No one about really it. remembers too much about it besides it's Pocahontas dancing with wolves and Fern Gully, right? But everyone yeah. remembers you know, Star Wars. You know who that stuff. You know, Dread. People still talk about Dread years later because the story was well done. You know. I do remember uh, more about that story than I do about any about Avatar. Yeah, and that shows because if you have a good script, good acting, good directing, you remember it as opposed to, yeah, it's pretty. You know, he did a great job. James Cameron did a great job with the the visual effects. Uh, role playing wise, yes, like Dev says, we're going to be doing the uh, the Paladin uh, on the Pendragon system. Uh, what we also did for gaming wise is Friday night Dev and I live streamed at Kessel Run uh, on their stream uh, doing Warhammer 40k and just some basic gaming talk uh, and hopefully next Friday we're going to get together again keeping social distancing though uh, to have a, an actual game of Warhammer 40k where we'll be doing some color commentary as well so looking forward to that I've been doing, yeah, and that's about it for gaming wise and TV shows. I'm sure I've watched other stuff. I just, again, like with Devram, it's like, did I talk about it last time or did I talk yeah. about it now? I can't remember. 
<laughs> but that's pretty much it for me. Okay. So that's the end of segment one. Uh, not too bad. Only took about uh, an hour, an hour and, and a half. twenty minutes. Yeah. Yep. That's usually our longest segment, though. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's let's get into news and rumors segment two. Catwoman um, is a big one. Uh, so what's the? I've only seen, like I said, up to the end of uh, the last episode before Crisis, which I think is maybe episode seven of the season. Uh, so I, I don't know how it ended or if if what what what's going on. So you guys are gonna have well, to catch Rose me up. Is, 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 yeah. has left. Yeah. Uh, and like no one really knows why, right? Because she just said she's like there's there's a lot of background stuff for why she might have left. Yeah. Uh, she did get her. injured pretty. She did get injured pretty badly on the on the set for uh, one of the stunts. Went badly. But that's not the reason why. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no one does know. Except for the people who know. According yeah, well, that's her, what I'm saying. Know, like, you know. These are these are rumors. That's why new, the, the news is she's left. Rumors are mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on. So um, we're talking like, like the main character, right? The, the girl who played Batwoman? A, Batwoman, I felt, well, I didn't have a problem with Ruby Rose as the actress, right? Oh, who, who, who's like, the one that left then? That's her. Batwoman, oh, her. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, I didn't just, I found like, the writing wasn't that great. There was the story wasn't. I didn't like that one from the first show, um, but it, I didn't get anything wrong against her. It was just more the directing, the choreography was really cheesy and bad. I found mm-hmm. the fight was choreography. Well, it's a, it's the first uh, season of any show. It's it's never great to begin with, and it always yeah. kind of picks up in, in season two. It's also just because I'm I'm. It's my own fault too because I mean with HBO and all those other ones that put millions and millions of dollars into the show mm-hmm. and you go to CW and you're like ooh you're, you're expecting right. higher quality and higher quality yeah especially for there. well fight choreography is important nowadays so much especially when you're doing someone like Batwoman right Supergirl you don't need too much fight choreography because it's a character that's overpowered right like you don't expect Supergirl to start doing martial arts moves it doesn't have to mm-hmm. I just grab you and throw you I breathe on you I laser eye you she doesn't need to have all that sort of stuff uh, but when we look at Netflix with Daredevil, you know, Bat- Batwoman should have those sort of skills, but also the fight choreography for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, anyways, she got injured. Uh, also, there's the you know the trolls out there that yeah. were going Not out happy there. with her being true to the character. And I didn't realize this, but I was watching some and reading some stuff. There's also the fringe element of the LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. One like super fringe. They were saying she wasn't gay enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently you can't have it both ways. Yeah, but, no, but this is like a super fringe. This is a super fringe one, right? Like this. Yeah. Yeah. But not yeah, not the there, general one. But it was yeah, really one like, okay, I know you can't please everybody, but <laughs> yeah. Their their argument was um, in the comics. Uh, Kate Kane is most definitely lesbian. Ruby Rose, uh, the actress, identifies as gender fluid. And so there was a fringe element out there who was saying, well, that's not good enough. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, you know, so, like, like, yeah. what, what, what more do you want us to do? Hold right? on. Like, so their problem is the actor wasn't gay enough? Yes. Yes. Ridiculous. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Even though, like, like, admittedly, in, you know, modern times, they've actually, you know, they chose someone not 
they didn't go with Scarlett Johansson. It's like you can play a gay person. It's like you know. Yeah, they went with someone who's actually in that world. Well, gender fluid though. That's it. It's fluid. It was a fact that they didn't like. Again, this is the fringe elements of it. You're like, okay, so like, so like I said, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in the background and stuff that Ruby Rose is having to deal with, and I mm-hmm. can understand. Like, I don't know if it's why she left, but I can understand from a point of view. After all, like, you know what? I don't need this. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm out. You people go with your Twitter fucking trolls and just deal with each other. Yeah. Um, another okay. another rumor floating around out there is that Rose was never completely happy in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Now, she's she's kind of disputed that because she's brought up the fact that uh, she's worked extensively in Canada before, worked extensively in Vancouver before, and says she loves the city and everything like that. But uh, that was one of the rumors floating around that she would have preferred to be back in a larger American city, um, most likely L.A. Which I find hard to believe because most actors know that, you know, they have to go where the the set is, right? So, well, yeah, you have also had things like, you know, with the X-Files. Yes. Where they decided, yeah, we don't want to be in Vancouver anymore. Well, it that wasn't was mostly them, it was the actor. Yeah, that was yeah. Saying, okay. And at that point in time, though, he could say because it had been seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like, but okay, I'm, I'm the show. We'll move. Yeah. But it's not, it's not uncommon with these American productions, particularly in the Vancouver area. Uh, the main reason, for example, that uh, Richard Dean Anderson reduced his role on Stargate was he'd been up in Vancouver for ages, his family was not there, and he wanted to spend more time with his family. Oh, no, it, it makes sense. But again, for the first year, though, I don't see that as really being a reason. Like, the first year... Yeah, well, you, you kind of knew what you were getting into to start knew with. You get into, yeah. yeah, but it may, it may just be that over the course of the year, she looks forward at the possibility of, like, you know, two more years, three more years up there and going you know no this isn't going to work but i don't see yep. that being a reason to quit that'd be a thing to renegotiate right that's where you start doing the okay i'm batwoman you want the show to continue we have to alternate i want to be you know well yes and no i mean it, we're talking about the cw here that's it's not true. like yeah, they <laughs> have that yeah. the, the yeah. means to move yeah, the, the only yeah, do. and the only the only CW stars I think who might have had at one time that kind of clout would be the guys from Supernatural, mm-hmm. yeah. just because it was a tentpole for so long. Um, you know, but other than that, no, no, I don't see I don't see anyone working with the CW being able to pull off that kind of a power move. Yeah. Uh, the other one though is what's not really. Are related, but it's uh, for our stuff. But some good, some good news has been bought out by CBS. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring this up is because, again, I mean, uh, John Krasinski, 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 Krasinski is doing um, Jack uh, Ryan show, mm-hmm. and he also Which did actually the an excellent Kauai, show, the Kawhi Place, yep. or, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, which is going to sequel. But people got upset that he sold it. They're like, how dare you? It's like, you, did you really think he was going to do it all the time? Some mm-hmm. free YouTube show 
when he's, you know, a major Hollywood player now. Yeah, it's something he was doing for fun, kind of for himself during lockdown. Got into it, yeah. which is fine. Like, mm. Great. Um, but he, um, like, how, you knew it was, per, it was temporary to start with because, yeah. It's about the quarantine. He's in a, he has a TV show. He's he's a movie producer, writer, director. <laughs> and let's and let's not forget. I mean, like this was this was on YouTube, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. getting paid. I mean, I don't know how much, but he was getting paid. I oh mean, no, but it's still the fact that once like, once once the once your viewership hits a certain point on YouTube, you are getting paid. Yeah, not very much though. Like really, it wasn't for the money for the, uh, for him for the YouTube. Like, I know, I I know it wasn't for the money, but it doesn't change. I mean, like, you can once your viewership hits a certain amount, and th- from what I understand, that show was blowing up. Oh, it was. You were it, getting you were getting paid, so that's why CBS wants it. <laughs> oh no, yes, they they want it because they they can get money for advertising and stuff like that. But it's just funny that people are like, "How dare he sell it." Really? Did you think it was going to be permanent? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and I mean, like the other, the funny thing is, he sold it to CBS. So the thing is, uh, unless they're going to put it on all access, are they putting it, it on be, all access? No, no. it's not. He, he's so, already stated. He's already stated because people were were afraid of that, and he came out and said, "No, no, guys, it's yeah. it's not going to be so." So. They're upset because he's moving from one ad-supported platform to another oh, ad-supported no, no, he, platform. He's not moving. He's, he's not going to be involved. Like he's not going to be hosted anymore. Oh, okay. okay, okay. That he, I didn't. That I didn't know. That that's that part of it. He's, like that's what I'm saying. Like he's like, I sold it. Like you know, I might be still there. He's still going to be there as an executive producer, but he's not going to be. He might host one or two more shows, but that's pretty much it for him. Again, because he has a whole lot of other stuff going on and it's like mm-hmm. i think his wife is semi-famous too like i think uh, uh you know. she's she's somewhat known yeah, yeah I think no no yeah. emily emily blunt she hasn't been in anything yeah nah. no, nothing worthwhile yet um yeah the only i've seen her in is that quiet place i think <laughs> yeah um so then there's also the dune movie which looks like it's like i've seen some of the uh the, the, the scenery and the the costumes it looks mm-hmm. pretty good but that's what was, you know, there was a lot of, uh, ooh, this is going to be good with uh, yeah. the David Lynch one, too, when it was coming out. And it was. Yeah. Visually, it was very good. Just oh, yeah. Unfortunately, they, they messed up, the, not the storyline, but it, it wasn't as good as the, the, well, the old movie. Well, because they tried to do all the movies, like as much, a whole bunch of movies and shoved it into one two-hour movie. Well, sorry. Originally, David Lynch had his over three and a half hour movie, right? Like when he filmed, it was three and a half hours. And then, of course, studios at the time, like, ah! Can we make it less than two hours? Well, even today, people would be. Uh... Oh, yeah, I know, but today he could, you know, he's like, make it less than two hours. Um, I have a three and a half hour movie. Yeah, today you you turn that into like a, a made for TV miniseries or something. Yeah, which Sci-Fi um, Channel did do. Yep, and uh, and again, that was visually years. good, but but they messed up with uh, the uh, the the actors. Um, well, yeah, actually, Lynch was. Visually, Lynch is the top one. Uh, story-wise, the sci-fi is the best available version right yes. now. Um, the other one is uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is still slated for a fall release. Mm-hmm. Which will be interesting. Because like, it got delayed for filming that for a while. Yeah. Uh, but now it looks like it's going to be going on 
still as a fall release, which was the original plan. So that's good. And yeah. one Vision is still going to be going on. That, mm. That's December release. So that hasn't changed. It's funny, yeah, WandaVision is probably the one I have le at least interest in out of anything that they've got going on. But it's the one that's probably going to have the strongest tie into the movies. You know, it's going to be, if you're wanting to follow what's going on with the movies, WandaVision is probably the closest to a must-watch. Yeah. Oh, and I haven't heard more for the Black Widow one. Well... You know, it's it's in the can. They've just put off the release until people can go to theaters again. again. Yeah. Uh, and then the only other one I heard about was they're going to actually come out with the Snyder Cut for Justice League. Yeah, that's coming to uh, well HBO Max. I don't know what. Max Max. No, I'm not too sure. Like, I didn't like Justice League to start with, but mm -hmm. again, that's because it was you know a mix of two different types of styles of. Uh, Filmmakers? Well, well, not well, not just that. It was also, um, uh, I don't know. I, I liked it. I, I think it was actually a pretty good movie uh, compared to the kind of the bullshit movies they come out with before, like Batman versus Superman, which actually again should have been three separate movies, which they yes. crammed together into one two and a half hour monstrosity. Um, definitely better than Man of Steel, which just uh, completely changes everything about the whole character of Superman. Anyway, uh, let's not get into that. Yeah. What I'm saying, like, just like the Snyder the Cut, it's been going on for a while, so it's like, you know, I don't know if it's going to, how much better it'll be, because the problem is it'll be super gritty. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of people that end up being disappointed with it. Yeah. When it, when they finally do get a chance to see it. Exactly. It might still be what? better. But what, I find, what, I've, what I've always found interesting about this whole Snyder Cut business Jason Momoa, who played Aquaman, has really been wanting... He's been a booster of this for ages. He's the only one in the cast that I know of who's been speaking out publicly, saying, yeah, put out, put out Snyder's Cut. Yeah, probably because he has more parts in it, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But, I mean, like, of all of them, I think Aquaman is the least Snyder-like character in the film. Yeah. So the fact that Momoa wants the Snyder Cut out there, I find that interesting. Oh, and one more last thing before I'm done. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you like this uh, death? Henry Cavill is supposed to be coming back as Superman. Do you mean Henry yep. Cavill? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm, I think he deserves a good Superman movie. Oh, that yes. would be great. Yeah. I would I would love for there to be a good Superman movie. I have no problem with Henry Cavill as Superman. He looks the part. He looks like Superman. Well, that, zero that's going to be one of the things I think you'll like the most of uh, Crisis of Infinite Earths when Brandon Ruth gets to revisit the role. Oh, yeah, you know what? I did like Ralph as uh, Superman as well. He, oh, he yeah. did a good job in Superman it, Returns. It was the script uh, and everything else. He was not the problem with, yeah. with his uh, uh, script problem and other stuff. He and actually I, and I, gotta, I gotta say, he was fantastic in he, Crisis, stepping he, back into that role. He was uh, just great. He's like probably said, the person... Hold on. He's Henry probably the person... Sorry, Deb. I was going to say, he's the the person who looks most like Christopher Reeves. Like, that, that yeah. the whole reason they picked him was because he actually looked just like Reeves. And it, yeah. was, it was so good. I loved that movie, except for, you know, the crappy ad, acting and the dialogue and the plot. Other than that, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 
the, the problem was mostly uh, the plot and the, see, and the script. I mean, Ralph's, Ralph's performance itself, the acting, I thought, was fine. Um, you know, with the possible exception of Kate Bosworth. But uh, other than that, the acting was fine. Yeah, And that was more of a Superman movie than Man of Steel was. Oh, definitely. 100% more a Ma- uh, Superman movie. You know. Man of Steel was an anti-Superman movie. It was it was like a Superman movie from someone who hated Superman and hated everything like, he, everything he stood for and wanted Superman to be a dark, edgy character. Superman is not meant to be a dark, edgy character. Superman is a fucking beacon of hope and light. And, and people also, don't, and people don't Snyder, like that. This day. Well, he, Snyder never read the comics and never liked comics. Right? right. And like you could tell, especially like Batman. Well, okay, as Kevin Smith has said, especially VS because versus is VS, not V. Yeah. So Batman Five Superman. Oh, it all depends. If you're talking legal terminology, V is fine. Yeah, court v court period. cases are always v, v. Yeah, mm-hmm. court cases are always V. But it's not a court case; it's a battle. No. Right? Yeah. Like that was mm-hmm. supposed to be VS. Um, I think that's a minor complaint. But the thing is, he he's like, oh, you know, Dark Knight's a great book. Let's use that. It's like without understanding the whole idea behind Dark Knight, mm-hmm. right, which is the the conflict of ideologies. Mm-hmm. You know. So, yeah, and but again, nothing against Henry. I do think he did a good no, job. No, he, he was the best part of that movie. You know. Well, that's because you don't love soups, that's why. Yeah. Uh, so, l- listen to me. I'm a Superman fan who hated a Superman movie. How much sense did that make? Oh, maybe they didn't do Superman right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sure. Uh, well, I did like the Flash, though. Yeah. It, as, it just as a young guy, like uh, Gal Gadot is. Yeah, there, little... there are. Well, there's a a uh, movement now to uh, have uh, Grant Gustin take over the movie role from Ezra Miller because of uh, the slapping incident. Yeah. There's a slapping incident. Oh, uh, he grabbed the fan and slapped her. Good. Yeah. I think I think that should happen more often. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Miller uh, Ezra Miller has a has an extensive reputation as uh, to be kind and eccentric and he's rich yes like like I said to be kind yeah. douchebag uh, would be a good one and the, the general the general consensus is that uh, this time he went way too far Hmm. Um, I do have a couple of things I'd like to talk about, uh, yep. news and rumors. Um, going briefly back to the Batwoman thing, mm-hmm. um, they have announced they are recasting, and so yep. there's been some fun stuff uh, out there about recasting possibilities. My personal favorite, um, because uh, I've been following this actress on social media for a while, is a lady named Brianna Ven- Venskis. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and she's worked extensively, usually in recurring roles. Uh, she's been recurring on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a while, um, as, uh, Agent Piper, I believe. Uh, she was fairly, she was in all of the, uh, Rescue Fits episodes from, last season and that uh she also has been recurring on supergirl for ages as one of the deo agents 
and that. Um, so she has some history with Berlanti Productions and stuff. And they obviously get along well with her because the easiest thing in the world is to drop a recurring actor, and they haven't. Um, she does identify as uh, as gay, and if you see her stuff on Instagram, she is batshit crazy in the absolute best way. So I really wouldn't mind seeing her get an opportunity of something higher profile. So. Uh, that could be fun. Um, the other couple of things I wanted to mention, uh, just posted about this or uh, re shared it on our page on Facebook. Uh, the Geek Market here in Ottawa has declared that they're insolvent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they've canceled. So that's a shame. Uh, and so they're like gone completely. Gone. They're gone. They're gone. They are insolvent. Um, every. Uh, Every exhibitor, um, their money's gone. Um, they're they're toast. They're bankrupt. Mm -hmm. oh, that's uh, unfortunate. So you know, uh, it was a nice smaller event here. I went a couple of times. You know, uh, I'm sorry to see it go. I'm also really sorry for exhibitors who are probably, you know, yeah. Well, they're definitely out of money and currently to be out of money for something like that that's a hard thing yeah well it's a big snowball effect yeah and the final thing that i want to bring up for news and that um the canadian screen awards uh which are the canadian combination of in the states will be the emmys and the oscars uh have announced their winners online over the past several days with opportunities for the winners to record a, uh, you know, their uh, winner speech and stuff and put it in as part of it and all that stuff. I wanted to bring it up. Uh, Dev, I'm pretty sure you were a Killjoys fan. Right? I love um, Killjoys. I was, I was. Paul, Paul too, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, it's pretty rare for genre to get acting awards. But uh, Tom Allison, who plays Pre, the ex-warlord slash bartender yep. mm -hmm. on Killjoys, yeah. won the CSA for Best Supporting Actor. Nice. So I thought that was really cool because I think, you know, Pre was one of my favorite things of Killjoys. He, he was, was completely awesome. <laughs> he was fun. You know? Yeah. And that, uh, he, almost, he, seemed to be the almost, he seemed to be the most believable character, believe it or not. I, yeah. I, at least I thought. I, I yeah, I, I don't know about most believable, but he was definitely a completely believable character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, considering how out there Pre was, <laughs> was saying yeah. something. Mm -hmm. And you know, so a lot of credit to the writers and a lot of credit to Tom Allison for being able to pull that off. And I was really happy to see that caliber of acting rewarded, despite the fact that he was doing genre. So, yay. Well, that's good. So, yeah, that those were the uh, the three points I wanted to bring up for news. I have one more. This is also involving for all our, our listeners and for you guys. So, we do have a merchandise store now. 
Mm-hmm. There is stuff online to uh, Dev can put a link to it, or when it comes up on Facebook, uh, we all can. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely put a link to it on the show notes, and uh, I can throw a link on Facebook as well. Okay. So we have merchandise now. Um, Dev saw the stickers and hints we have. We figured out ones ones we like the design of that we're gonna push more to bring to conventions and stuff like that. The stickers look fantastic, by the way. I they really do. like the way it came out. Uh, the pins we had one. I had one done with the writing on it, but. Unfortunately, it just gets off-centered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this microphone. We have a new banner, which looks actually pretty good. Anyone yeah, who watched the feed on If you were on the, on the live stream, it was definitely uh, prominently displayed behind us. Yeah, so that's something we can bring for all our conventions now to use. We have an issue with the t-shirts, though. <laughs> yeah, we haven't got them yet. <laughs> Dev can tell you about this one. Okay, <laughs> so ahead. so here's, here's what happened to my order. Uh, I initially ordered it uh, early in March, or late March, almost near the end of March, right before the whole lockdown thing happened. And I received my shipping notification. And then I waited. And then it just didn't appear, didn't appear, didn't appear. Maybe a month went by, and I actually went back, went clicked on the shipping... Um, uh, the, sh- the shipping notice to uh, kind of trace on the website where the package was. And apparently the way they're doing it is first they gave it to UPS. UPS took it to the United States Postal Service, who would then take it across the border, I guess, to save on the UPS fees. When, when Whenever UPS takes anything across the border, they add on like um, processing fees, which is a serious pain in the ass and a lot of money. So uh, U.S. Postal Service doesn't do that. They just... Um, they, they take it across the border and they hand it off, I guess, to Canada Post. I'm not sure what happens after that. And then I guess Canada Post takes it on after that. But so it got to the USPS uh, sorting center and got stuck there. So it's currently showing as in processing or ready to ship, but never actually shipped. So I, so I contacted their customers. Actually, first, um, I just made a comment about it in a... Um, uh, a review that I was doing on the T Public service. Oh, T Public, by the way, is the the company we went with to handle of our merchandising. So I, I I just made a a review. They asked me for a review. I said this isn't T Public's fault, but this is where my thing is. They contact me directly and ask me to you know send a message to their customer service and their customer service would take a look at it, see if they could resolve the issue. They were unable to resolve the issue, so what they did is they just resubmitted my order. So they sent me a new one. So I I now have a second order for, you know, three T shirts and a hoodie. Yep. And it it, it generated a UPS uh, uh, <laughs> tracking order. Um, I followed the tracking order. It's been handed off to the US, United States Postal Service and we're waiting. <laughs> So, uh, so you're telling me that I need to do the exact same thing because my so stuff's probably yep. stuck there too. Not, the not, thing, yes. uh, not necessarily. I mean, if 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 this they, second order also gets stuck in the exact same spot, then there's no point in making any further orders. Other than, oh, maybe if you complain, you'll get some more free stuff. Like that's yeah. all it is. Because since they resubmitted my order, I'm basically now getting double the shirts and double the the things for the yeah. same cost. Which is a pain for them, but it doesn't bring us anything, right? No, because we can't mm-hmm. we can't show it to people, because we have a few people from um, Adepticon that Dev and I know that were like, hey, yeah, well, guys, we'll bring you some shirts. They were willing <laughs> to wear our shirts for us at Adepticon, mm-hmm. which is like great. But and we got they're, they're like, hey, well, we, this is what I want. This is the type I want. We're like, no problem. I have the list ready. We're like, we'll let you know. We want to you know check us out first, see how the fit is and everything, and then. We don't have shirts to even let you know if they work or not. You know, it's just because we're hoping to bring it to uh, the Ragnarok as well, the event and um, Warzone in Montreal. We're yeah. hoping to bring some stuff there. 
Have now we, have we like, heard anything about Warzone? Is Warstone still on? I, the, they're not too sure. Okay. Uh, the problem is, like I was saying, for can games, when I, my some gaming news, you can't run a whole convention within a month, right? Right. You have to have make sure you have you know the hotel rooms set up, all the stuff, all the you know the the uh, vendors, all this sort of stuff has takes time to set up, and ticket sales. You can't run it within a month. So that's why can games canceled. So Warzone is still looking iffy because. What, June, July, August, three months. That's mm-hmm. going to be tight. Uh, so I'm I'm in contact with them. Okay. When whatever we hear about it, I'll I'll, I'll let people know. Okay. Uh, and even Ragnarok is still like they're it's a month later. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, Quebec opened up schools, and then what's the news that happened? Some kids and, st- and teachers ended up with COVID. So they're going to go through another lockdown phase. Yeah. And since war zones in Montreal. Yeah. I mean, you know, who, I mean, who could have possibly seen that opening schools up to in-person classes would have yes. some sort of issue during a pandemic? Well, and this uh, is it, why it caught everyone off guard. And this is why probably I would not be surprised if both Warzone and Ragnarok gets canceled mm-hmm. this year, just because we're they're expecting another spike again, and well, Warzone. I mean, Ottawa and uh, the Quebec border got shut down for a while. Right. So if we have another spike, we're like, great, war zones going on for those in Quebec. <laughs> we can't get there. Right. I wonder uh, if we could do year... like a virtual uh, uh, setup, have them set up a camera, and then we set up somewhere here and just still yeah, do live streaming. But we, we, do we don't have any like live guests sitting next to us. We can maybe have live guests joining us via video conference. We could do that, yeah. Well, something to look at. But again, if they go, if it happens or not so yeah um so anyways that was the news for our listeners that yes we have merchandise there's a store you can order the, the pins the stickers yeah uh the notepads yeah the, oh the mugs the mugs you can all order those for some yeah, reason so so yeah all, all the merchandise uh, uh so so when pat put his order in he put for some reason five separate orders with individual things instead mm-hmm. of one combined order with everything all at once and so because of that he received all, all of his stuff except T-shirts. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think that <laughs> I got a mug. I got pins. Pins which had to go through the customs things because they had, you know, metal in them. Yeah. <laughs> and the stickers and a notepad, they arrived no problem. And, and the banner. And they look good. But for some reason, it's the shirts, hoodies, and caps that we're stuck at. Um, so nice for our listeners... And we should give a shout out to our special Patreon people, Dev. Oh yeah, damn it! I always forget to do this. Uh, I did it in my last video. I put them in my last video. Nice. Uh, our this month's Patreon uh, shout out goes to our good friend Bruce Ryerson Christie or Ryerson Bruce Christie. Um, he is our Patreon uh, shout out person of the of the month. Yeah. But also uh, to Aisha and Jen as well for their continued support. Uh, listen, we only do one shout out per episode, okay? Okay, just it, it, oh, it, wow. it, it, it okay. was it was oh, Aisha wow. for a while. Wow! <laughs> but oh, it, wow. It's, we spotlight on one specific person. If you would like to be one of those specific people, please join us on, on so our at least, Patreon at least page. In my video, I put all their names on there. Okay, well, oh, see, if, a problem. The, yeah, if you if you put all like the specifics of who's following us, it shows how limited our Patreon well, following. No, no, we also have a uh, relic. And a cabal, 
and a DMK uh, and a that's mech. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and a pot. And uh, yeah. Um, we're we're on dealing with uh, Kessel Run has been very good for us. Yep, we're huge. We've always been since they first opened. Big fans of the Kessel Run, both as a game store, uh, a play area, and just as a bunch of people to hang out with. Yes. Um, so. And uh, they they're doing they're still doing summer camps as well for the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it all depends on how things go with the lockdown and stuff like that. But since Ford has said their summer camps are a go, and that was it. There's no no guidelines. No details. No, details. no guidelines. Yep. Nothing. Just like summer camps are okay. Yep. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Kessel Run is again doing planning to do summer camps for kids, gaming summer camps for kids and stuff like that. Uh, they also have this thing called Verbella, which is a, like they were saying a virtual uh, sort of a gaming thing. They, it's where you have an avatar, you you create your avatar, it walks around the whole room. It can sit on a table, play games, and it's very amazing. Like I've seen the, I haven't seen the Kessel Run versions of it, but I've seen the trailers for the actual program, and it's really sweet. Like you create your own avatar, you walk around, you hear in a room, you hear all the noise in a room. But as you get closer to someone, you actually hear them better. And when you sit down at a table, all the background noise goes away, and it's just you and the other player. Yeah, the the platform from the way um, TJ was describing it sounds phenomenal, and it's kind of reminds me of what was happening on in Ready Player One, where yes. you you enter into a virtual world, and all of your gaming takes place in that virtual world, but you can still do a thing as sitting down at a table and having a uh, like a role playing game with all your friends. So it, it kind of combines the aspects of uh, tabletop simulator and um, uh, like being uh, well physically hanging out with friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not you, but you're instead of just like a, a Skype thing where you're sitting down in front of the camera, mm-hmm. you're actually you know you as an avatar are walking around interacting with other people. Yeah, and the, the way they were describing the way the technology is is evolving. Um, in, in the near future, you'll be able to walk into, like, say you're at a, that you can do a virtual convention where you have vendor halls where all their products are on display. You can walk up to that product, pick up the product, look at it, it physically in your hands and opt to purchase it and have it then automatically being delivered to you all virtually. Yeah. Like, well, it, it, the whole, it, well, okay, you get it physically, you, you get it physically, but... yes. But like the, the whole concept is you'll be able to do a giant convention like Adepticon and not a single person will be in the same room as each other. Which would actually, because you'd still want the people that would want to physically be there, but this would expand the amount of people they could have, yeah. right? Because instead of like, okay, well, we've reached our maximum because of the hotel or stuff, mm-hmm. it's like, well, now we can have triple the amount because people are going to come virtually and connect up. Yeah, and they could still be playing games in the virtual environment, the exact same games that are available in the convention. Physical. Yeah. And, and say like say you're taking part in the tournament, but the only limitation would be that you wouldn't be able to play with someone who's in the real world. So if yeah. you're playing in a virtual environment, it would have to be a separate tournament from the physical tournament. You just basically be running simultaneous tournaments, mm-hmm. but you'd you'd never be able to kind of interact with two. Is the only real limitation. Well, eventually you might be able to like sort of, but we'll see. Uh, I don't. I don't anyway. Well, I don't know how you would, but maybe. Oh uh, yeah, I suppose uh, if, if you have like a. Uh, a table with like a um, a three D projector on it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then you could have your physical models on the table being digitally transmitted on the virtual, and then have the virtual models being kind of put in three D form 
on the table yeah. itself. I mean, I suppose in the like that that's kind of far future, not as opposed to like the next yeah, year not or the next so. couple of years. Yeah. But I could see that'd be pretty cool because yeah, you have your three D, you know, holographic display, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's like okay, I move this figure to here, and then you you don't need. You know. uh, that, the reason that... I was mentioning Kessel Run is because, like I said, they they've also been grid for us as well. Oh, that'd be great. I'm hoping that they might become another one of our Patreon supporters. Yeah, that would be great. And we could Just do a, all of our stuff sponsored by the Kessel Run. Cough, cough. We're willing to do that, Kessel. Wink, <laughs> <laughs> wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, for, forget Patreon. <laughs> forget Patreon. We, you could come on board as like the official sponsor. And yes. then we'll we'll do many, many shout-outs to the Kessel Run. Hell, I we'll, mean, we'll get shirts made that have Out of the Basement and Kessel Run. Combined. We're, I mean, we we, we kind of give them shout outs anyway, so this would just be extending yeah. it to uh, <laughs> to a, a more more formal relationship. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but yes. we're we're huge fans of the the game store and the people and actually, who run the, it. This, they've done some lot of work on their store. Yeah. They like uh, although Devin and I are still we love the old building because you had individual rooms. Yeah, that, that was great. Say, the new the new place is much better. Uh, they put better art up and everything, so it's. And they're uh, looking at having, uh, like the tables are nice. They have all now ro rolling tables, so they're easy to move around mm -hmm. if you need to change the configuration of the gaming and stuff like that. So, uh, that's it for me. Sorry, <laughs> just wanted to mention Kissel Line before I forgot. Uh, so now we would move on to segment three. Um, I have a quick one. Do you? That. Uh, yeah. I, I knew you brought up something about Buffy. Well, I'm changing that. Okay, changing good. that. Uh, this is actually one that Dwayne would understand as well. Because I was thinking, okay, remember Captain America at the end of End Endgame? He sort of, you know, he goes back in the past and retires from being Captain America. Mm -hmm. I personally hated it, but go on. No, but, but my then thought of, well, okay, what characters do you see that eventually would move on? Like, would stop becoming, would stop being superheroes? Right? Okay, Batman wouldn't because he's got the, you know, he's just too dedicated. Right, Superman would like because in Crisis on Infinite Earths, one of the Infinite Earths, Superman gave up being Superman. He gave up his Kryptonian powers mm -hmm. to be with. Sorry, Deb. Spoiler. It's it's a small scene, but he gave up being a Kryptonian to be with Lois and have a kid. Okay. Right. So do you see? Two, that... I think. Yeah. So do you think that's a possibility? Like, do you see, or other characters? Do you think that eventually would say, okay, you know what? I've been fighting long enough. I've been doing this long enough. I'm going to call it quits. I can see Iron Man doing it, right? Because, you know. Well, he did do it. Oh, yeah. He did do it. Um, Spider-Man eventually I could see as well. Again, he has in the comics. But I'm just talking like the MCU. Not just MCU, but, you know, it'd be also comics. You know. I can't really, I can't really see Peter Parker laying it down. No. Okay. I, I don't. Um, and that the only times in the comics he's been able to do it is when someone's been able to take over for him. Mm -hmm. uh, that, Wonder, for example, Wonder, Man, I, Wonder Man, I see being able to give up easy enough, right? Because well, he uh, has yeah. multiple, he has. multiple times. Um, he's boost, he's booster gold. Is, well, but it's also he doesn't have the drive, right? He's not same as like he's not the same as Batman or Peter Parker who has guilt driving him. You know. Uh, Booster Gold, easy enough, because he's all about, you know, the hype and the glory. Yeah, which is why I really love the direction they've gone with him the past couple of years. <laughs> um, so, but Dev, do you see Superman 
saying I have enough, I want to just have a family and everything and give them up? Or do you say he he would never stop being Superman? I I think Superman specifically would, in most cases, in most um, uh, dimensions or whatever they call them, uh, on, on most Earths, would maintain his super persona because he that's it's kind of the majority of what he is i mean it'd be hard for him to to hear things happening without and him having the ability to affect it and and help people and not being able and not choosing not to do that i i don't think he would uh give up the mantle um he he may he may kind of hand off to a, a more a more primary protector perhaps and then just be there as like backup or as a mentor, but I mean, it's kind of who he is. Um, he he's a he's the protector of the weak, and I, I I don't see him giving that up unless there's someone who's equally capable that he hands it off to. So uh, I I I don't think that there would be a a, a many worlds at least. There, I don't think there would be many worlds where Superman hangs just up his walks cape. away from it. Yeah. Anyone else? The characters? You think? Well, there's there's a large number that could and stuff. Uh, probably probably more that uh, could end up retiring than uh, wouldn't. Yes. Not. But, um, but yeah. So, I mean, I've been given some thoughts every now and then because I've I've rewatched uh, Endgame. Yeah. On Disney, on Disney Plus, and that, and so I, I realized not only can I not see Cap just staying out of everything, I can't see it working no. with Carter. No, yes. with a Cap who stays out of everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can't. You know, I can't see that. No, you're right. Um, there was a, I can't remember, it was a college humor or whatever. They did a, a takeoff of how Cap's life would be with Peggy throughout the years, right? It was like, oh, there's this new stock Apple. Do you think we should get this? Or, you know, I'm, I'm noticing some strange stuff at work. It's There's a lot of stuff going on at work at, at S.H.I.E.L.D. Do you think there's something there, Steve? <laughs> you know? mm. Yeah, because it's like... The reason he became a hero was not for the glory. He was try- he wanted to do good. Like that's it. You know? Well, he yeah. was wanting to do his duty. He wanted to play his part. That's why he he got involved in the super soldier. But I mean, part. also that's why in civil uh, civil war, when Winter Soldier, he has issues with the way Shield is going. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like we're building stuff that's that's not keeping the peace. This is keeping people afraid. Yeah. You know, and I, I do like the way they built the character up to that. Where, you know, yes, World War Two, he was against the Nazis, but then he's like, well, there's no more Nazis to fight, so why are we building all these ships to keep an eye on people? Yep. And, and you know, I mean, if you look back at the first Avenger, Peggy Carter starts falling for Steve Rogers when he's Steve Rogers for. Before the transformation, before he goes from, you know, like mm-hmm. 198-pound weakling, so to speak, to Captain America. And it's because of his drive to do what's right yeah. that well, she even, starts uh, 
she starts falling for him in the first place. So a Steve Rogers who's actively avoiding getting involved in anything? Yes. How does that lead to a happy ever after with Peggy Carter? Yeah, mm. exactly. Oh, sorry, just it, it's a side one, Dwayne, but I agree with you. But this is also where Wonder Woman, who does stuff in World War One, and then stays away from World War Two. Like she's yeah. in until the eighties. Well, yeah, but she had an ideology in World War One that was proven to be false. Yeah, but and yeah, but okay, the Nazis mm-hmm. were super evil. She doesn't do anything then. She waits, you know, and then also oh, Vietnam War. The but I, stuff in the, I in the, can see it just being, no, this is the nature of man. And uh, they're they're going to be doing it no matter also, what. So. Also. Why come out in the 80s? Yeah. Also, well, that's, that's the question. I mean, you know, it's entirely possible with the universe they've set up that she went back to the island for a few decades and completely missed World War II entirely. True, true. You know, I mean, you know, perhaps after... Let's see, she's another one. Perhaps after Trevor's death and the fact that her theories of how things worked were completely false, she goes back to the island. She is immortal before she knows it. It's like the 1970s, and she starts getting a little interested in the world again. And then she pokes her head out. See, so. but she's what I could see retiring, like to retire back to the island. Yes, of okay, I've had enough. Of well, men. certainly, especially if she ended up uh, being called to take the crown for some reason. No, just because like, they've done this in the comics as well, and some other the animated shows where she realizes yeah. mankind is like, not going to change. Mankind is yeah. going to be like so. Uh, they they do that in, in Red Sun, Superman Red Sun, where she's like, you know what, <laughs> I've had it. You guys want to kill each other? I'm going back to my immortal land where you can't find us and screw the rest of you. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, my person, my personal favorite take on Wonder Woman has always been uh, how uh, Gail Simone, who is a really, really good comic writer, Caesar, and she had a great run on the Wonder Woman comic. And the way she always puts it is, if you want to handle, you know some cosmic threat you get superman if there's a mystery that needs to be solved you get batman if you want to fight a war you, you get, get wonder woman yeah no it's mm. true it's true but yeah so that's that's the thing that bugs me is that i hadn't thought of it at the time i was focused more on just what they've shown of steve rogers personality even mm. though yes he may have gotten tired he may have whatever Steve Rogers, as they've shown through all the MCU, I just can't see being a guy who, when he sees something bad happening, he's able to just go, no, I know it turns out okay. No, I'm just going to be over here doing nothing. Well, especially no. like the, the shield and, and Hydra thing. Yeah. Like he knows, he, he knows Zemo yeah. gets actually put in the computer. Yeah, he would go in, sneak in at night, destroy the whole computer system. Yeah. So there's that. But then... I started thinking about uh, Peggy Carter again recently because, well, A, I love the show, and B, uh, somehow, some way, Daniel Souza is showing up on Angels, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. this season, <laughs> which suggests that there's going to be more time travel involved. Okay. But uh, I started thinking about Cap and Peggy together, and it just doesn't work. 
a Steve Rogers who just sits back and lets the world go by, living with Peggy Carter, yep. yeah. marrying Peggy Carter? No, that <laughs> it doesn't work at all. Well, she so, she would kick his ass to the curb so fast. Oh yeah. Well, another funny one too was uh, from the college humor one of like, "Hey, look, here's a picture of my niece. Don't you think she's just kissable?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, you know I made out with your niece in later different. Yeah. Okay. That's just. <laughs> one of the things I'm really looking forward to um, about. Uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier is that uh, Emily Van Camp is coming back and reprising Sharon Carter. Oh, okay. And I'm really hoping that uh, they'll do better by her. Because mm. in the comics, Sharon Carter is a completely kick ass character. Well, they sort of um, showed that a little bit in, in the Winter Soldier. A little bit. Yes. And then they, they forgot about her in uh, Civil War. Well, that's because they started making the Peggy Carter relationship uh, so yes. much more important. But like they, like there was a there was stuff there in the Winter Soldier, like oh she's she seems really interesting. Maybe build up on it. Yeah. yeah well, I mean the stuff, the stuff where you know she stands up to Hydra completely. Yeah. Um, and Winter Soldier, yeah, you know that was that was great, and they had her right in the thick of things, completely fearless, gun in hand, all that stuff fantastic and then they basically shafted her completely mm -hmm. so i'm i am really kind of hoping that uh they'll do right by her in uh the upcoming tv series on that note uh, do we want to yeah this sounds like a good place to say thank you for joining us for another episode of the out of the basement podcast and we'll see you next time oh wait uh, so we're gonna say that then or we're we just gonna <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Stop bye, folks. Bye. <laughs> bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Out of the Basement podcast. We'd like to thank Radio Free Music for our intro and outro music. Both songs were done by an amazing artist named Silent Partner. The intro music is called Drop and Roll, and the outro music is called Grand Navy Plaza. And we'll have links to both those songs in our show notes. If you liked what you heard and wish to support the show, please consider becoming a backer on Patreon. We can be found at patreon.com slash OOTBpod. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.